And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today with our episode with Nick Bossy, our own New England, Connecticut native. And you know how much shit we love to give to Connecticut, but he's on the good side. He's on the on the eastern side of the state, you know, east of Hartford, where like the the normal folk live. Um anyway, I kid I kid you, Connecticut, I kid you. Um we have Nick Bossy here, like true this is country music, folks. It's unreal, this dude's sound, his writing ability, the way he can do it is unmatched um, up in these parts. And, you know, and I, there's a lot of people up here I love that have a similar sound, but there's something about Nick Bossy that, you know, the look, the sound, the feel, like you believe it. You believe it. Um, true, authentic, um, you know, our buddy Nick Casey comes to mind. Um, Mickey Lamatia comes to mind, you know, these guys are in a class of their own up here in New England. Um, but Nick is really, really standout-ish. Um, you know, he's, he's just killing, man. That's, that's the long and short of it. So if it's your first time here, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we appreciate it without you. This show goes nowhere. Um, so we appreciate that. If you haven't already, check us out on all of our socials, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Bootsandwhiskeyentertainment.com is the website. Um, just to, in case you didn't see it, we uh, we did announce the other day we're going to take a little break, a little hiatus coming up here. We have a ton of episodes for the rest of the month of February and maybe even into March, I think. Um, we are going to take a break from recording anything new for a little while. Um, I got a new work schedule. I got some things going on at home. Um, I just need to, uh, need to take a, you know, step on the brakes a little bit. Um, the boots and whiskey podcast is not going anywhere. Like I said, we're just taking a, just taking a breather. Um, you know, we have been going at this now for damn, you know, almost three years nonstop. You know, we need to, we need to focus on what's, what's important right now. So um, not that this isn't cause it is, but, um, work and family is, is even more important. Um, and you know, not to get too into it, but I've unfortunately had to learn that the super hard way, but, um, anyway, enough about me. Thank you for being here again and greatly, greatly appreciate it. So, um, if it is your first time here, um, I don't know why it would be, but if it is, um, we do things a little different. We, we shoot the shit, you know, we shoot the shit here and we let our guests be them, be themselves. So we hope you enjoy. And without further ado, our conversation with the wonderful Nick Bossy. Enjoy. 
We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hello. Hey, Nick. What's going on, man? Not too much, brother. How you doing? Good, good. Welcome to the show, finally, man. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. This seems this is like three years in the making. Right? It's is my audio enough. coming through clear? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I just want to make sure, because I was using yeah. my headset, I just want to make sure. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you like you're sitting right here in front of me, like because you are. Right. <laughs> I downloaded the app to make it a little bit easier because I, I haven't done done I, I haven't done a lot of podcasts to be honest with you. I haven't done a lot of the, uh, interviews and stuff, so I don't I'm not really super familiar with everything. But I figured I'll download Spotify for podcasts. Yeah, you know I find this this program to be the easiest, uh, the most like idiot proof for myself. So I was like, you know what? If I can figure this out, anybody can figure this out because I am so not tech savvy it's not even funny i hear you same here (laughs) it's crazy you know you think you think i would be with all of the you know all this shit but nope nope i stayed up on stuff till i was about 24 and then i was just like i don't care anymore yeah (laughs) yeah i use i use instagram for for music and i know how to change dates on my website and stuff like that but yeah yeah yeah, I can do the basics, and that's all I need to know. Yep, I'm not calling tech support to get him to restart my router for me, so I figure if I can at least learn that, I'm good. <laughs> yep, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, you've been doing some, you've been doing some shit, man. I've been keeping pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, you've been, uh, you know, you're like, um, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but you're like, you're like New England's best kept secret when it comes to you know, country music. Well, I'm, uh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, um, <laughs> I just, I like to play country music. It makes me happy. The stuff that I write makes other people happy. So I'm just happy to do it. I'm trying to branch out and get outside of the New England area a little bit in the next uh, year here. 2024 has got some fun stuff coming up that I'm working on. And, uh, but, you know, I don't really see a need to like, fully go on tour and leave new england like i'm just i'm enjoying it so much and uh just getting to play cooler and cooler places all over this area that i love I feel like a lot of people feel the need to like leave home for an extended period of time to try to make their fortune elsewhere but right uh, people like like the music here and, and if i was to leave it'd be kind of hard to write about stuff that you know inspired me to write in the first place when i'm not there right right absolutely so i gotta ask so you're you live in Connecticut, right? Yep. Born and raised? Uh, I actually lived in Ashway, Rhode Island for probably eight years when I was a kid. Um, but pretty much Connecticut, yeah. All right. So how does how does somebody from the northeast, um, you know, in Connecticut, how do you how do you get the inspiration to write country songs that, you know, could make you cry? Um, I mean, without getting too, too deep, I mean, we all experience things in our lives that 
make us feel a range of emotions. And I don't know, I, I only really started writing music uh, in 2019. I had written a couple songs prior, but they were kind of just, you know, ditties. Um, but I just, I got kind of serious about it uh, end of 2018 into 2019. Um, a friend of mine passed away uh, at the beginning of 2019 and I, I kind of had a relationship fall apart. Um, that I was in for a while and I just had a lot of sadness on my heart and I started writing stuff and I was like do I want to keep being a jukebox or do I want to uh, you know write write songs that make me feel good and the fact that it, it kind of falls into country is just because um, I've just grown up with country uh, my, my dad had me listen to rock and blues and rap and stuff my grandfather had me listen to uh, a lot of Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and uh I don't know. I just I always had something for that three chords and the truth vibe, the the classic country, the cowboys, the six shooters, the, the horses, like that whole romanticized Western ideology of country music. And I know my, my music's not exactly like Western wall stuff, but you know, I mean, I listen to Coulter Wall every damn day and Willie Nelson every damn day, listen to the cowboy tunes. It just kind of shaped how I want to, you know, how I, how I see my, my, voice coming out as far as what I write about, you know, like the, as a songwriter, um, I just try to be real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, honest, honestly, you know, what you've put out is just, is, I don't think it can get much more real. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, anybody that listens to your stuff, you know, especially, you know, the EP you put out in 22, you know, it's like all five of those songs are just, they just hit, you know, you, it all, you know, there's something in there for everybody. Yeah. And it was, it was like my first time. I mean, I had recorded a little bit before, but it's my first time trying to record. I used some members of my band and some filling people and it was a really long project, um, but I, I got I got through it with uh, help from my producer and, and uh, engineer Andrew Cruz. Um, I was working with him on that record, and uh, we did it right at his house in uh, Stonington, Connecticut. And he did a great job mixing it. You know, uh, I had Rachel Johnson backup vocals. I had my pedal steel player Brian Straub, Don Barnes. You know, I just had some really talented people uh, working on it, but. Um, you know, it took a long time to get that record out. So that's why with those two singles I released at the beginning of 2023, I uh, used session players um, at uh, Beard Music Group in Nashville um, and tried the session player route and found that it was just a, uh, a faster process so that way I can get the songs down, get my band to learn them, get them out on the road, and I'm already writing my next record. I haven't even dropped this new one I just went down to Nashville for. And I'm already in the mindset of the one after that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what you have put out already, right? Um, are those all songs that have been put out, you know, in a, in a way they have on purpose? Or they've just been put out based on how you've written them? Well, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I really haven't been writing songs that long, so... I kind of just wanted to feel it out with the first two songs, the first two singles that I dropped. It was just like, I wrote, you know, I wrote this song called Pretty New Diamond, which is kind of a half-assed true story of, of uh, experience I had. 
and then uh and then I wrote what happened to country and you know I had like maybe 60 monthly listeners on Spotify and you know I didn't really have many followers and put what happened to country out and then kind of blew up on TikTok uh for a little bit and got me a lot more traffic to my Spotify and then it got people listening to you know when I dropped that new EP I helped you know kind of roll that in and you know things have settled down a little bit but I'm still you know sitting with a you know good chunk of listeners and people that are thirsty for more music so I just uh you know, I put out my portraits EP in April of uh, 2023, and um, that was more like a solo thing, just me and and my guitar. And I had uh, a, a fiddle player, Tom Pritchard, on one track, um, just to you know make it feel a little bit more full. And I put that out as more like singer songwriter style, just to get the songs out because the recording process does take some time. Um, but now that I've done work with some Nashville session players. Um, it's just such a seamless, quick process. And they're so talented. They're, they're so quick with how they write. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quick when you're using those guys. Cause they're just so, you know, they're so tuned in and they're so plugged in and it's just what they do all day. For sure. So, you know, you know, I think about, I think about you quite a bit when I'm going through Spotify and listening to, you know, some of the stuff that I really got into, you know, in 23 and like your sound and the way you write and the way you play, you know, you, you kind of like hit the jackpot at like the right time for, you know, for your style of country music. I, I would agree. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, so, so much the timing. I mean, yeah, it does seem like this is kind of making a movement over the whole country as far as the outlaw slash, um, you know, more traditional country kind of sound. Um, but, you know, one of my big influences, um, you know, getting into this was Tower Childers and Sturgill Simpson when they were coming up, you know, just, you know, making YouTube videos and, and putting songs out. And, you know, those guys are doing it with the classic sound and, and the vibe. And But, you know, they kind of were the trailblazers for this new movement that's happened over the past, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Um and so they really inspired me to, you know, hey, maybe maybe I could play what I consider to be, you know, more traditional or outlaw country and people will actually listen to it. Because when I started out, I was just playing, I was playing cover songs in bars to make a little extra money for beer on the weekends, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then I was, you know, all these people would tell me, oh, you know, you can't go out and sing George Jones because nobody's going to come to your gigs if you're covering George Jones and Johnny Cash and stuff and I went out and was singing all these old country songs and people just loved it. And that's where, you know, kind of found my little market there because I was one of the only guys in my area, you know, this little piece of southeastern Connecticut that was doing, you know, classic country. And I kind of built a little fan base around that. And then when I started writing some songs, I had some people to listen, you know. Right, right. Right, absolutely. You know, it's... It's one of those things where, you know, I think a lot of people, especially up here, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily put country music in the, you know, in the originals and, you know, and all that together. Because, I mean, I know from experience growing up that, you know, especially in my family, you know, country music wasn't a huge thing. You know, it was on my, on my dad's side and they listened to all that old stuff. But, you know, growing up for me, it was always... You know, you're you're a. I think you're a little younger than me, right? Or you're 
a little older. Yeah, I just turned 30 this year. Okay, yeah, you're a lot younger than me then. Um, not a lot, but enough. You know, where it was always, <laughs> you know, it was Creed. It was Metallica. It was, you know, it was all that kind of thing. You know, I, you know, when I was in high school, I was in the, the heyday of, you know, the return of punk with, um, you know, some 41 and, and all that shit, you know, so it was, you know, country music for me was never, never in the forefront, you know, and it was anything that was, that was whatever was on the radio, you know, the, the, <laughs> you know, I remember the biggest country song at the time for me was, you know, the Nelly and Tim McGraw tune that they did together. And, you know, that's not country music, but, you know, that was the closest thing that I knew that was. Yeah, my dad, my dad definitely listened to a lot of the rock. Um, he, he really loved Alice in Chains. He still does. Um, and he's brought me to a bunch of shows. I, I like I like rock. I like blues. I love, you know, um, like classic rock and roll, too, you know. But um, so we listened to a lot of that stuff when I was growing up. But my grandfather, my Pepe, I remember, actually wrote a song about him. Um, he really heavily influenced my, my uh, country music leanings just by... And I listened to so much different stuff with my dad, but as my grandfather it was, you know, listening to, you know, Sunday morning coming down. It was listening to uh, Mama Tried and Silver Wings. It was just lots of Johnny and lots of Merle. Um, he wasn't really a big into Willie Nelson, so I didn't get into Willie Nelson until I was older. Um, Waylon Jennings, too. I listened to a little bit of Waylon with him, but it was a lot of Hank Jr. Um, we listened to together, and he just, you know, we were always just listening to it together, and uh, when I started playing guitar, you know, I, I found that, you know, and I'm not knocking the, not knocking the, uh, the Mr. The Mr. Johnny Cash himself here or nothing, but like a lot of his songs were really easy to learn when I was starting to play guitar because there's a lot of three chords, you know, three chords in the truth kind of vibe there, you know. Yeah. I, I learned like E A and B seven on the guitar, and I'm playing like half of Johnny's discography, you know, and I just and I just found that this love for Johnny Cash's music, you know, through playing it and covering it. And, you know, it made my grandfather really happy. My Pepe really happy when I would, you know, play these, these songs for him. So I just learned more and more, you know, Johnny Cash tunes. And I learned some Merle Haggard and, you know, it was just kind of more around the campfire kind of thing when I was younger. And then when I turned, I think it was like 19 or 20, I was, you know, my dad and some friends were like, Hey, why don't you go down to this local pizza place? It's Mystic Pizza too. Go down there and uh, see if you can, make some money playing there. And I went down there. I didn't even have, a, you know, enough material I had learned yet for a full three hour set. And the guy said, come back when you learn a three hour set. And, uh, my buddy Harry there and came back a couple months later. With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers started playing gigs and people were showing up all the time because they just loved that, that I was covering all this old country so damn um, my dad my dad influenced me with the rock and believe me I listened to it but my Pepe I just got so influenced by the country it just became such a part of me as I was in my teenage years especially the the Johnny Cash I felt so connected to him um, 
you know, typical teenager, I misunderstood, you know, but instead <laughs> yeah. of going, instead of going through like an emo phase, I went through a Johnny, I guess it's kind of like a emo cowboy kind of phase, but I, <laughs> I just was really into Johnny Cash's music. I would just listen to it. I, I had one of his uh, greatest hit CDs and I would just sit there in my bedroom in the dark and I would just play along to his, to his CDs. And it's just, I just, I just love Johnny Cash's music. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, you know, Johnny is, you know, I, I like what you said about the simplicity of it, you know, and it, again, not a knock, but, you know, I think that's what makes it so good and so beautiful and so inspiring is how simple it is, you know, and I think a lot of us forget about that where, you know, a lot of those guys, it was just that, you know, it was just simple three chords and the truth, you know, as country music is. And it, I think that's what makes it you know, so unique and so special. Oh, it's just, it was, it was songs by regular people who reg- live regular lives and happen to make it big playing their music. But, you know, they all, a lot of them, you know, just like Johnny Cash, I mean, he grew up dirt poor, you know, right. working in the cotton fields and, you know, he, he experienced the heartache and loss at such a young age with the loss of his little brother or his older brother. I'm sorry. And uh, like, you know, just songs about, real shit from the heart it doesn't need to be this poetic thing um it's just people singing about the truth and 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 life and uh however it may be happy or sad and that's what i just always was i don't know was obsessed with playing those kind of songs when i was younger and just kind of shaped who i am now and how i write just very kind of straightforward and just tell it like it is yeah and that's that's what i think that's what makes it so great you know because it is just honest and straight to the point which is hard for me too because some of my idols you know my, my newer i just say my idols my newer idols and people that i respect like like tower Childers and sturgeon and stuff these guys are like lyrical poets so you know i i, I listen to them and i'm just I'm, I'm like i just want to throw my guitar in the trash like <laughs> I, I listen to these guys and i'm i'm just enamored and just just awestruck at their their lyrical composition it's it's just so, I don't know how to describe it other than like, it's just meat and potatoes, substance lyrics. Yeah. You know, it's not just candy, like just basic things that everybody wants to hear touching off on a tailgate or a Bud Light can with the label out or, you know, the typical stuff you hear on country radio, you know, these guys are, you know, just poets. So that's why sometimes I could, you know, you shouldn't compare yourself, never compare yourself because you'll always be beaten up on yourself. But, you know, you, you look at, yourself or compare yourself to your heroes and like, man why am i even trying <laughs> you guys are so good but you know hey we're all different we all write different so you just gotta yeah and you know those those guys are unicorns man you know you, you know you it's hard to you know paint a picture with words i'm sure you know but they they the way they do it it's like so it's almost seamless it's almost like they just don't even try like it's just like up oh, here it is i just new song yep so many like that do you think you know do you think that's something that is a learned skill or is that you know as a songwriter yourself is that a learned skill or is that just something that either you have that or you don't i will say that even though i'm i'm still very new in the grand scheme of things to songwriting um, I think it's, I think you can definitely have it, you know, as opposed to learning it, but you can definitely learn it. 
and uh, it, um, some people just they don't have to work as hard for it. Um, yeah. That's a good way to put it. But you know, my songs, in my opinion, have just gotten better, um, and my songwriting has gotten better just from the fact that I just keep writing. You know, and there's certain songs that I write and I read them back, and I'm like, yeah, this will this will be shelved because I'm not. This is my best work, but I had to get it down on paper. So the next one would come, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's now, the songs, that, the songs that you have written and put out, you know, for you, you know, especially being new to this or newer to this, what is your process like? Are you, you know, do you just, you know, where's your inspiration coming from other than, you know, maybe things you've gone through yourself? Is there anything else that's, you know, contributing to that, you know? I mean, for the most part, I, I've written songs about personal interactions. Um, I get inspiration from my day-to-day life. Um, you know, I, I a big thing in my family and in my friend group and in the guys that I've, I've grown up with, my friends, everything's always been about storytelling, you know, and, and whether that be, you know, rebuilding the car or you're telling a story about tracking a deer or telling a story about, you know, fighting a tuna out in the ocean for three hours, you know, it's, it's all about like that art of that storytelling. So that's kind of something I've always tried to hone in on. My grandfather, my Pepe, he's a big hunter um, when he was younger and fisherman and just an avid outdoorsman. And he just, he would tell these stories about hunts and fishing trips. And just as a kid, you'd just be sitting on a seat, just waiting for the next, you know, detail to drop. And uh, usually had a good punchline at the end or, you know, had a happy ending. And it was just always like the storytelling aspect in my family and amongst the people I grew up with and my friends was just always a big thing. So I tried to like kind of incorporate some of that storytelling into uh, into my songwriting and keep it, you know, rather than just have a song be, you know, kind of the same repeated thing over and over again. I just like to try to keep it um, to, on a storyline. Like that's, that's, I was used to tell people, my, my opinion is that country music should tell a story. So I do my best to do that with my songs. Yeah. yeah. Now, how is, how, you know, like for an EP or an album, you know, with that storytelling, how important is it for each song to start and finish a story? Um, I mean, I don't typically have, you mean like the difference between like a, a flow like a, a whole EP or album is is the full story, and then it's a yeah, flow or, yeah. Well, I see. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had the chance to put anything out like that yet. Um, everything I've done so far has been mostly just like I've written some songs. I think they're fun, and I want people to hear them. Let's just get them out there. And you know, starting off, you know, obviously studio time is not cheap. <laughs> right. And when right. when you don't, you know, when I want to retain control of everything. You know, it's all coming out of my pocket to go record. You know, it's, it's it's sometimes in the past. You know, at least for my portraits EP, um, that was like the, my only little dabble in trying to like have it all be kind of relative. That's why the the EP is called Portraits. Um, it's because the songs on there are about um, uh, people in my life that I've had you know contact or relationship with, and how I paint them with my song and uh um that being said you know that that was like my first time kind of i mean i I love listening to like sturgill simpson has that dude in juanita album 
that just tells a whole a whole story about like a western you know uh sharpshooter you know going he gets his wife kidnapped and he's he's chasing these bad guys in the desert and it's a whole album dedicated to this story and i would like to do something along those lines someday but for now if i can just keep it kind of relative i'm, I'm happy with that too um you know I, I i like i said i do like trying to wrap it up in the song for one story at a time but there's definitely been uh you know some songs like uh pretty new diamond and give it all to you are both uh about that same person that i wrote the uh pretty new diamond about um it was a happy and a sad part of getting over a relationship um and acknowledging it and moving on so those two were kind of related but they weren't on the same record so it's not like there was you know what i mean right right so it's not like there's a super big rhyme or reason to making a full ep flow together with the same message but at least with portraits i kind of i put my feet in the water on it a little bit yeah absolutely no no i gotta ask you who's the hippie queen that's my wife oh okay nice nice i kind of got a sense of that but i just you, you never know you know, you don't want to be like, you know, you don't want to just assume. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm happily married. I've got uh, four children at home. Um, I don't really uh, go into detail about my, my wife and kids on, on too much social media or anything like that, just because we live in a really wild and wacky world, and yeah. I like to keep my family protected from, from that. But I'm, uh, yep, yeah, she's my hippie queen and she's the mother of my children. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I. I totally get that, man. I totally, totally get that. Um, you know, especially when you're you're trying to make a name for yourself, and you know, there's, and there's always going to be people that hate you, hate on you, hate you, want mess with you, or mess with your family, and that's why I just sometimes it's better to keep your keep the things that are close to your heart protected. That's right. That's right. I love I love that. I love that you said that. You know, it's um, you know I on on this show, you know, I openly talk about my wife and my kids and all that, but it's very you know, it's very, very rare I I ever name drop. You know what I mean? There's it's very, very few and far between where I've ever mentioned name, you know, mentioned them by name, you know. Yeah. It's always been, you know, my wife, my kids, that kind of thing. It's never been, you know. You yeah, know. no, and you know, as as a father and a husband, you know, it's our job to be the protector. Right. And I may call me old fashioned, but that's how I that's what I believe. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I I remember <laughs> I remember in the early days of doing this, you know, my wife actually got super pissed off at me and like hindsight being 2020, like I kind of agree with her. Um, you know, when I first started this, you know, I I I tell the story and she gets mad, but you know, I I put a I you know, I I neglected a lot of things at home, you know what I mean, if you will. And, uh, you know, it, it took a toll and, you know, out of all of this, that is my biggest regret of not, you know, focusing solely on what was important at the time and thinking that this was more important than anything else. No, I, I totally, uh, I totally get that. But, you know, the fact that you even acknowledge that, you know, just goes to show you that you're in the right headspace, um, because there's so many people that, you know, just eager to leave their families behind. And then they do that their whole lives. You know what I mean? And yeah. My thing is, is I can, I can do what I'm doing, pursuing some music and still make my kids and my family a priority. Um, and I do. 
Um, the biggest thing is just knowing when to put the phone away and everybody may be calling me or trying to send me contracts or book shows or bands wanting to know about practice or this or that. But when I'm with my, my family and it's time to, to be present, that's the most important thing for me, at least. And, and um, you know, it can be hard sometimes balancing it, but that's the most important thing in my life is my family. That's, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's inspiring to me because I'm, I'm, I gotta tell you, it's hard. It's hard for me to put this down and not, you know, you know, especially on this end of it, you know, the news, the media side of it, like it's so constantly changing and there's always something and it's, and they just want you to be active on it 24 seven. Oh my God. It's, you know, and it, right. And you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. Sometimes it's exhausting, you know, and, oh, it is, you know, and it's, and it's like, I under, you know, I understand the frustration between my wife and my kids and, and all that when, you know, my phone's constantly in my hand and I'm constantly scrolling and all that. It's like, you know, it's like I get their frustration and then it's like it's trying to play that, you know, that balance where it's like, you know, I'm giving my all to you, but I also got to keep up on, you know, this, that, and the other thing. It's tough. Like I said, it's a balance. Yeah. It's a, and it's a, it's a constant power struggle balance <laughs> with yourself. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, we were talking about, you know, you putting out an album and all that. Are there, how many songs do you have written that could be good to go, you know, for, for argument's sake, tomorrow if you needed to put out an album tomorrow? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, so in uh, October, I, uh, I went down to Omni Sound Studio in Nashville, uh, met up with Bill McDermott. Uh, I was introduced to him through Mickey Lamantia. Um, that's his producer down there. And I worked with Bill and we cut seven songs together um, down there. And uh, I'm, I'm scheduling a release of one single a month for the first three months of this year. And then I'm dropping the full uh, record uh, in April. Damn. Damn. Do you have a Do you have a title, or do you not want to give it away? Yankee Life. Say it again. Swamp Yankee Life. Interesting. Interesting. Where did that come yeah. from? I'm a swamp Yankee through and through, brother. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a cowboy. And I'm not like, uh, you know, I'm not a Southern redneck, but I'm Swamp Yankee through and through. We're, we're just as country. Um, and it's just a little bit different way of life uh, up north and the way we're raised, um, hunting and fishing and trapping and, uh, you know, camping, making outdoors a part of our everyday life. And uh, you know, I grew up working farms up here and I just, that's just who I am, Yeah, you know. Um, oh, a little bit of a cheap ass, and <laughs> you know, uh, just somebody you know. We, we just like being in the outdoors. We like you know, living uh, living clean and eating good food and growing our own gardens and vegetables. And I, I, I mean, I'm just I, I'm proud to be from. I, I feel like a lot of people think that like you know, you got to be from the south to make country music, and it's just so couldn't be farther from the truth, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Aaron Lewis, and he's from, I believe, I believe uh, Massachusetts. I mean, he's 
you know, awesome. And, um, and you got more local guys that I, you know, I, I'm friends with, like Nick Casey, Mickey Lamantia, um, Tyler James Kelly, uh, Jesse DeSorcy, um, Liz Spencer. There, there's just so many talented people. Um, Ward Hayden and the Outliers. There's, there's just a lot of uh, awesome country talent up in New England. Yes, um, there is. And, you know, you don't have to be from the South to write about real life. We got farms up here too, right? They may they may not be as flat as the farms in the south. There's a lot more rocks and a lot more hills, but we got farms. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. Like, you don't really, you know, I think if you're outside of New England, you don't really think about it. But you know, if you think about places like Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine, and it's like that's all there is. You know, there's nothing out there. You know, for for a lot of those areas, and even like Western Mass, there's there's not much out there either. You know, and it's again farms for you know this that the other thing, and you know even parts of, of rural communities. It's a lot of rural communities, a lot. You know, it's it's more of that than you know the quote unquote big city areas. Yeah, and people think, you know, if you're from Connecticut, well, you must be from Hartford. If you're from Rhode Island, oh, you must be from Providence. If you're from Massachusetts, oh, you're from Boston. You know, that's that's can sometimes be the attitude from other states, you know, that outside of New England. But, you know, there's just there's a lot more there's a lot more New England than uh than just their capitals or their their big cities, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's a lot going on. There's some beautiful places up here, there's some beautiful country, some beautiful mountains. Um, which I do sing about in this new record. I'm really excited to drop uh, the title track, which is Swamp Yankee Life. Is I think it's going to make some some of us New Englanders maybe thump our chest a little bit and be proud of where we're from. If we were, it, it, not to say that we weren't already, but give us uh, something a little more to think about. And I just want people to that are from here and live here and feel. Now we got to thank our friends on the North Shore. The Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint. Our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out. ThePorchSouthern.com. Like everyone's always crapping on where we live, you know, to feel maybe a little encouraged with pride where we're from. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the oh, older parts that. of the country are here. I love that. You know, because I think you're spot on, man. You're like everything you're saying about the area, you know, it's it's right. It's just there is a different there's a lot of different ways of life around here that you know, I think it's very uniquely New England. You know, there's a lot of difference of, you know, lifestyle, opinions, diff- you know, all kinds of things. You know, it's not just a pigeonhole. You know, it's kind of like the rest of the country. You know, but we get lumped into, you know, as other areas do, you know, you get lumped into whatever the, you know, the talking point is or whatever the, you know, the popular the belief trend. is. What's that? Or the TikTok trend where they're making, right. making fun of the accents and stuff, which I, by the way, I find those hilarious. Oh, yeah, I love, I love when they, 
I always will say I, I, I have a great sense of humor. If somebody can make a joke about me or about where I'm from or whatever, I, I will take it all day. And I'll laugh my ass off because I appreciate good humor. So when they're shitting on us from New England, talking about the dunks and, you know, talking about, you know, the potholes and the, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's all funny. We're, that, we're all, you know, we can acknowledge that we do sound a little different than the rest of the country. and Maybe uh, sometimes everything's an ad at the end of it, you know, <laughs> you yeah. see guy a little too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. I mean, and you have to have a real good sense of humor because you live in like the worst state in the union. <laughs> yeah, we definitely get, we probably have the worst taxes. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the best, you know, I, you know, I say I, it all I, the time. The, the best part of Connecticut is like east of Hartford. I, I would agree with you there. I think there's, I think there's, there's good spots all over the place. I think there's great spots all over Connecticut. I think there's great spots all over New England. Um, I think that's a lot of times you get judged for the, the cities of, of your state. You know what I mean? You get, oh, you yeah. get judged for, oh, yeah, how many overdoses in this city? How many, theft in this city this and that and you overlook the fact that you know you got some of these farm communities and these these rural towns and these you know i don't call them backwoods there is some definitely some backwoods areas around here oh yeah and uh and they're beautiful and they don't have crime and the people are happy and they say hi to their neighbors and it's just i live uh, i live in north stonington connecticut and uh i mean i may not always love everything that we do in the state of Connecticut, but I love my town through and through. And uh, we got some damn good people here who care about each other and uh, proud to be where I'm from. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. You know, you don't, I don't get a lot of people on this, on this show that, you know, give that much credit for, to where they live, you know, because, you know, a lot of them are not necessarily from wherever they are, you know, so it's, it's hard to, I'm sure it's hard to get behind somewhere, that you know is home but isn't home if if that makes sense yeah no i get that when you when you move your life and you uproot and you got to put down new roots i totally get that yeah i just i the people that are in this area not just north stonington and just this whole area uh connecticut rhode island uh, you know this this little piece of new england that i've been kind of gnawing on for the past five years is with my music they really are receptive to it and they love and they love following me and uh and coming out and supporting me at shows and um i just i can't thank them all enough for uh helping me you know get into the bigger venues by bringing my attendance up and and uh downloading and listening to my music and buying cds and you know because if i didn't if they, they weren't doing that i wouldn't be playing any new places that's for sure i'd still be you know playing on the side of the road my case open <laughs> yeah no do you have you know do you have places, you know, in this area that you haven't played yet that you would, you know, that are on the to-do list? I mean, there's always venues. <laughs> I uh, I would definitely like to get into some of the bigger stuff. Like, I, I would love to play House of Blues in Boston. I think that's a great room. That, that room sounds so good. I saw Tyler Childers there back in uh, 2019. I think it was December 10th, actually. Damn, and uh, and that was the first and last time I've I've seen Tyler Childers, and he was absolutely phenomenal. But the the room itself kind of shocked me too because I was like, wow, it sounds so good in here. 
Um, but you know, I mean, there's I, there's a lot of places I'd like to play. You know, I've gotten into uh, some cool venues. Um, I've played the Mohegan Sun Wolf Den now twice. Um, headline my own show there, and we were at full capacity, which I believe is 450 people inside. And then we had tons of people lined up, lining the walls on the outside of it to hear the show, and um, which was awesome for me. Uh, I've been to shows there, seen some big names play there in the past, and then to be on that stage myself was pretty damn cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I got the chance to play Rhythm and Roots in uh, uh, Charleston, and uh, like got to sit on a stage with a couple thousand people out in front of us and, you know, kick the day off. And I believe we had Samantha Fish and Little Feet playing that night. I mean, it was just, it was incredible, you know. So I, I've gotten to play some pretty cool things. I'm, I'm definitely blessed um, with uh, with some of the opportunities that I've been given. And I got some stuff coming up this year that's going to be big and uh, even bigger than some of the stuff I've done before. So I'm really excited for what 2024 has to hold. Yeah, man. I'm I'm so proud of you, brother. It's you're kicking ass, man. And it's awesome to see. And like none of you're not slowing down, which is also, you know, huge. You know, I know you got a lot of things you're juggling and you know, to to still put <clears throat> excuse me, to still put out the kind of music you're putting out, you know, it's just it's a testament to your talent and your drive. Yeah, and, and I appreciate you saying that because the drive is is a there's a lot of talented people out there and and I see so many talented people that just have some stuff come up in life and and they set the stuff aside and I, I you know set music aside and I don't I don't blame them but uh you know you hear people like Charles Wesley Godwin talking about he was so close to giving up and then he got like a big break like like 2 weeks later right and and it's it just keep, just keeping that persistent attitude and persevering through it's been a long, you know, a long way. Of, you know, playing. I've been playing music a long time, and got real serious about it within the past you know, four or five years. And um, I've had some pretty awesome opportunities, but you know, and I, I'm thankful for all of them. But my my idea is always, okay, what's what's the next goal we can conquer? What's the next thing we can do? And, right. And uh, you know, we got some cool stuff coming up. I'm in uh, some negotiations with Foxwoods um, to be doing an album release show there in April. At the nice. uh, at the Great Cedar Theater, damn. So that's going to be something, and I got Mickey Lamanti is going to be joining me for that show. Um, I uh, have the Country Fest at Tamarack Lodge. I do every Memorial Day weekend. Um, we got Mickey Lamantia who's going to be on that bill too. We have every year we've done three to four bands of that of, of that uh, Country Fest. This will be the first year we're doing six bands. Um, a lot of new talent from all over the place in New England. Um, good original music and, and good country music, and uh, that'll be fun. I got some things coming up in the summertime. I got some little mini runs I'm doing in Maine and uh, New Hampshire, and I'm doing something in Texas I'm working on in, uh, in the fall. So I'm just trying to spread out a little bit and get get some of my, some of my music to, into New Year's and, and uh, New Hearts and hopefully stay there. Damn, and, man. Uh, that's my goal. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you know, you're well on your way, you know, you really are, you know, you're, you look at just some of your, you know, your Spotify numbers for being a, you know, a, you know, a quote unquote regional act at the time, you know, it's, 
I mean, you, you've got numbers that, you know, people out of Nashville that are up and coming don't even have, you know, so you're, you're fucking killing bro. I'm doing my best and I'm, I'm trying to make uh, all the people who believed in me from the get go proud. And, uh, and just, I love playing country music and I love, I love performing live. Like I, I love recording and writing songs, but I don't know. I get, I get a thrill from, from playing for, for crowds of people who really do appreciate the music. Um, and, you know, are, are there to listen, you know, that's the one cool thing about transitioning from, you know, doing, being a, a, a karaoke machine in a bar to, or, a, you know, a jukebox in a bar to somebody who's writing their own songs. You know, when you get a, a room full of people who are really listening, that's, that's magic, you know? Yeah. That's, that's something that just feels so good when you get people's ears listening, perked up to something that you wrote from your heart, a little piece of it you're giving them. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, because really, you're up there, you know, giving out your soul for you know, for however long you're up there, and it's it's going to be nice to have people appreciate it, you know, back for sure. Um, so wow, you've got a lot going on this year. I'm I'm psyched to see what happens, I really am. Yeah, I, I think uh, we got you know, with the new album. Dropping, I'm gonna be doing some filming. I'm gonna probably do another music video, um, and just play a bunch of cool places. And like I said, I already started writing. I got these these seven songs coming out, but I've already started writing the next record. So I'm thinking a little uh, recording session in the winter time, uh, maybe December, January. Put something out next year. Just keep trying to do one at least one record a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, keep keep it up, man. You're you can do it. I mean, you've got the you've got the songs, you've got the talent, you've got the you know, you've got the uh the fan base. You're gonna be uh you're gonna be the next big thing before before you know it. And if I'm not, I'm completely happy with that too. Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? Whatever's making you happy. Yep, and I just I mean my, my thing has always been, you know, if I'm doing. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. And uh, if that means that I don't succeed or don't, you know, uh, call whatever you want to call success, but that means that I don't become famous or be able to live full time, you know, off of my songwriting royalties or whatever it may be. I am completely happy to keep playing for people and writing songs, no matter what's, you know, where I'm taken with uh, my level of, you know, recognition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nick, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you and finally getting you on the show. And, uh, you know, I'm glad our, our schedules finally have aligned. Yeah, um, for sure. yeah you know, it, it was kind of funny the night we did this. Um, and, you know, Nick Casey pretty much was like, this is the date you're doing it. And this is it. <laughs> so yeah, he, was, he pushed for it for sure. But yeah. I appreciate you, you having me on. Yeah, oh hell yeah, man, hell yeah. Now, um, you know, we kind of have this tradition before we before we let our guests go, and you know, because we have the Boots and Whiskey podcast, I'm gonna ask about your boots and your whiskeys or whiskey of choice. Uh, so I'd say boot of choice is somewhere between. I really like they have these like these Justin work boots with the with the with the small heel. I like those for day to day stage attire. Probably JB Dillon's. 
Um, and then for whiskey, uh, I have to go with my, my, my current favorite is uh, I'm doing like this Angel's Envy uh, rye whiskey. Ooh, and it's, yeah. uh, it's finished in I think Caribbean rum casks. Got a really good good taste, and that's that's kind of been my thing for the past couple of years. But you know, that's I don't do a whole lot of drinking these days since I became a dad. I, I kind of slowed down on that, but I, you know, I still like to have a good glass once in a while. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. You can have a little a little nightcap every now and again. For sure. Yeah. Man. Well, thanks, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to you know, finally see you live one of these days, hopefully soon. Uh, you know, it seems like every time you're, you're near me or I can, you know, or within a, within a distance, I can come there, something fucking happens and it's like, Oh, nope, forget that. That's not happening tonight. There's going to uh, be a whole lot more to choose from this year, brother. And uh, definitely some cool shows with Mickey coming up. I got, I think I have three shows total for this nice. spring coming up with, with Mickey. I'm maybe on the same bill as Mickey and, He's he's incredible, and I'm excited to do some more work with him this year, and um, be do, doing a lot more traveling. So there'll be a lot more opportunities up in Mass and and up uh, a little farther away from my home to to catch some shows. So awesome, man! Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, you know, any anytime you need anything or you know would like something to get pushed a little bit, you know, just let me know. You know, I and we'll uh, we'll uh, we have no problem helping you out and. You know, you get our full support, that's for sure. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, and I'll definitely take you up on it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Please do. All right, brother. Well, have a great night, and thanks for thanks for coming on and shooting the breeze, man. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, Happy New Year, brother. Have a great same, night. Same to you, man. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. Well, you there you go, guys. Nick Bossy, what a great episode. What a great conversation. A big thank you to Nick for coming on and telling his story and, and all that. Look out for new music coming from Nick shortly. It's like I said at the beginning, this kid damn this kid he's like my age um you know this is the kind of guy i'm not gonna lie to you based on his story and his work ethic this is the kind of guy like you want your boys to be you you know this is the kind of guy you like emulate and you look up to and you know the, the family man who loves his wife and his kids and you know will do anything to protect i just love the whole thing i love the whole thing and um nick's a great dude and you know, we shared, we shared some whiskey. So, um, back in, uh, when was that shit? October, I think September, October, November. I don't know. Whenever the award show was. Um, so thanks Nick again for coming on and, and doing your thing. And you know, everybody else, thanks for being here. Go check us out on all of our socials, boots and whiskey entertainment.com. Uh, we have Wally Dant on the show on Thursday from log still distillery. Um, check that out. It's going to be a great episode. Good Good, good conversation there. I hope you enjoy that one as well. Um, and until, you know, until next time, guys, thank you so much. Um, 
Remember, like I said at the beginning, here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, it's all about real people, real stories, real country. Thank you so much for being here. Until Thursday, guys, keep those boots on the ground, the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, y'all. Good night.